This is Ryan Murphy. Neil Cisariga. Kevin James with special guest. Dan Hamilton. Yay. Dan, why do you think we invited you here? It's a very problematic thing where you think I'm only going to talk about video games or video game movies, but I have other interests, but you just never ping me about them. Like, we could talk about Frank Herbert's Dune. My wife's been reading it. I've been reading it. If you want to... There's a video game based on it. There is. I actually bought it for her for Valentine's Day for the Sega Genesis, (laughs) which is a video game. Wait, is it based off like the old Patrick Stewart Kyle MacLachlan movie? Uh, A little bit, yeah. Well, the one I'm thinking of, I think it's like a PC game, but there's two versions of it, one with the likeness rights and one without. Yeah, so this is a a port of it without the likeness rights. Uh, Ah, Underdog rules dictate that the one without likeness rights is the better one, right? I think it's literally the same. They just changed the graphics. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Dan, we brought you here because the main topic of discussion later on in the show will be our Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie (laughs) part two, whatever it's called. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the second Sonic the Hedgehog movie ever. (laughs) That's not even true. And I hate that I know that. (laughs) Would be the third. Yeah. Uh, This is our third podcast covering Sonic, right? Yeah, three episodes out of 20. That's not a good batting average to be covering Sonic. A video, I I don't give a shit about Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) You guys have plenty of happy (laughs) memories attached to those games. I want to get into that psychology later on. Okay. (laughs) Because I've been thinking about this the last few days. Um, For those of you who've never listened to Guaranteed Audio, you picked a bad episode to start. The 20th one, what are you doing here? Something round about the number 20. I mean, it's the zero is <laughs> sure. That's about it, right? The top of the two is also round. <laughs> I'm coming down from my caffeine high from an hour and a half ago. I'm not good at this right now. Well, guaranteed audio, you can find every episode via RSS, which means it's on iTunes, the Google Podcast thing, YouTube, uh, Last FM, I think. MySpace. Yeah, sure. And of course, you can find it simply by typing in guaranteedaudio.com how did you remember that without having notes i have them in front of me and i forgot to say that (laughs) Jeez, you're in your a game i'm on my kevin game well uh let's get some new business slash guaranteed minutes out of the way uh we screened shitty shitty bang bang at the boston underground film festival yes buff was back in the real world again the human interacting with each other world we were masked up in cambridge we were safe we were smart but we were actually able to show a movie again Lawrence Fishburne ruined your vernacular by the way because the, the, the human world the real I don't know it just gets in all the time to the desert it. the flesh <laughs> the flesh world yeah. <laughs> but yeah we got to show it at the Brattle Theater uh, uh, as part of the comedy block which was a lot of fun it was a return to form it had been a few years since Buffett happened been a few years since we had screened a movie of ours in front of a live audience or been in the Brattle the yeah Br- yeah the historic Brattle Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which we were all scared would not survive the pandemic. But I did my part early on in the pandemic. I rented it for a date. I was on like my fourth date with someone and we decided to be fun to rent out the Brattle Theater to watch Simpsons episodes. And it was reasonably right. Wasn't crazy expensive. It was, for you. It was like was 100 it? bucks an hour. It was totally That's great. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like three Simpsons episodes right there for 100 bucks. <laughs> watch those online for free. <laughs> Uh, there's some great stuff at Buff. Uh, we should have written down what was screened in the block we participated in, but we also went to the music video block. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, music video block was awesome. Yeah. I think the music videos were not local artists. They were just kind oh, of no. sourced from all over the place. But... Yeah, just well curated. Yeah. 
that oh, I wish I knew the name of it, but that techno one where it was all temporary footage <laughs> and like like previs, like three D models and things like that. Yeah, and ha- halfway through they figure out they're in a simulation, and yeah, they're trying to figure out how to escape. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoyed the one where the guy is just strapped to a, a um like a a stretcher, like a roller stretcher. And uh, he keeps like just kind of getting stolen away from the hospital and put in different situations. Like he's being used as a shopping cart. People are like making out on top of him at a party and stuff. It's a uh, it's like a great uh, like dream logic version of like being operated on. It's I, we'll have to look up the list of um. They probably have the list of music videos they screened, right? Yeah, been a real smart move to research that before bringing it up. My bad. <laughs> oh well. It had a bit of a Mad Max vibe of, I don't want to be in this right now. Like, oh, our yeah, protagonist, yeah. whomever they're named, is like, get me out of every situation you put me in. But it was it was fun. It was awesome. Well, if I dig it up, I'll put that in the show notes. Sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else at home, uh, let's move on to one of our favorite sections of the show, Media Current. Oh, we all got electric. All right. <laughs> Bazap. Uh, Dan, you are our guest. Thank you again for coming on board. Let's give the floor to you. What media are you consuming these days? Yeah, no, of course. Um, I have been consuming, while at the top of the show I said I'm not always about video games or video game media, uh, just by pure happenstance, this past weekend I watched the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City movie. Which, I haven't yet. Tell me. All right. What do you think? It's like the eighth or ninth feature film. It's like the tenth Resident Evil movie, but it's the first <laughs> Resident Evil movie. Yeah. In this new, I guess, canon where they are trying to be more faithful to the games. Um, it would work better as a, I think, like a limited series on some sort of streaming platform. Like they try to shove both the plots of the first Resident Evil and the second one into 70 minutes. Like it's a short romp. Wow. You're Ooh. in and out of that movie like really quickly. Um, Resident Evil One can stand on its own two legs as a movie as a movie length story. Mm-hmm. So can two and three. But well, isn't there like a live action Resident Evil TV show coming to the CW or Netflix or something? There's a there's a uh, computer generated anime. Uh, oh, that already yeah. happened. That already came that out already came real out. quick. Yeah. yeah, even Resident Evil fans didn't had no fanfare. Leon works in the White House again, and but yeah. Uh, so was was this movie fun for Resident Evil fans? Fun? No. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it had a lot of stuff going for it in terms of like the production design, like there the, the mansion, like the Spencer Mansion. It looked like the opening hallway from the first game, which I only just recently played last summer. The PS One oh, game, really? Yeah, the PS One game. Oh, yeah. cool. And what was really kind of funny about the film was that the actors were clearly given it their all, but the budget was just not there. Like they were going for it. Like I mentioned before, the last time I was on, I was saying something along the lines of video game movies and properties can only get better because the people making them must respect the source material. I forgot that producers and money exist. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you have scenes where like, Oh, Hey, we forgot to film a, a special effect shot of a zombie's head blowing up. Let's just add it in post. Right. And it looks terrible. Like there's just this, like um, bloodshot that's on top of a zombie as opposed to like actually having it explode. Gore, modern movie budgeting arithmetic is the worst thing that could possibly have happened to action scenes and gore in films because whenever there needs to be blood or like a gunshot in a movie nowadays, nine out of 10 times, they're clearly deciding in post how to do it. Like, is there, are we going to have any red in this? Because red means rated R. Are we going to actually have blood? 
like even Rambo movies now, you watch them, it's like this just doesn't look like any of this is happening. It's real. It's really alienating and off-putting. If you're making a movie about freaking zombies biting people, you probably should get some top-of-class gore effects people to be on set. And they just they just didn't do that. Like, no, not at all. Um, hot glued together no. and at the edit. Yeah. The, no, I mean, the, someone has to clean that stuff up. <laughs> yeah. What are we spending? Fifty million dollars here? Oh, we are. Oh, well, we just don't want to spend it. We just want to keep. It. The funniest effect to me was early in the film. So, if you're familiar with Resident Evil Two, there's the truck driver. He gets bit after. The guy's a maniac. Why did yep. he bite me? Yeah, it gets bit, and then eventually he crashes his car. They change it a little bit where his dog. He has a like a little Rottweiler who becomes infected. And the Rottweiler goes in the cab with him and then bites him, and then he does the crash. The Rottweiler was the sweetest animal I think I've ever seen on film, and they clearly could not get him to look like an <laughs> evil dog, Cerberus zombie dog. And so, like, they did this effect where they clouded the eyes and, like, added fake anger to the dog's eyes. <laughs> <sighs> and it was clear, like, they couldn't even, the dog couldn't even bark. Like, the dog, like, they were adding that barking sound effect off screen. Then you cut to the dog, and it just has this, like, this doe eyed look, like, I'm a zombie. Love me. <laughs> oh. uh, is it Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, and Leon, and Claire Redfield? I mean, that's too many people for one. Yeah, no, it's everyone. So okay. it's it's Claire, it's Chris, it's Jill. Wesker's in it, and Wesker's a little bit different than he typically is. Like, he's in on the take, but he's not an Umbrella employee. He's just a corrupt cop. He's not a Matrix oh. guy. He's, he's not, not a Matrix guy. No, he's none of that. He still gets, you what know. What about Barry? No, Barry's not in it. Uh, now, it's, now I'm not watching so, it. So you and Brooke, uh, our mutual friend Brooke, <laughs> yeah. uh, who hasn't been on the show. Uh, but Yet? Both of you told me similar things, which was, you told me like a week ago, Dan, you know what, Kevin, if you were like 17 years old and this movie came out, you'd probably have a soft spot for it. And Brooke told me, uh, Brooke and her girlfriend went and saw it and told me, like, like on the drive home, Brooke texted me saying, listen, this movie's not Hamlet, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> like, did you, did you have that... You don't like the Doom movie. The no, I didn't like Doom. Is um, it better than Doom? Yeah, I'd say it's better than Doom. I, I I think the reason I mentioned that it would be 17-year-old Kevin's favorite film is the last time I was on, you had mentioned how disappointed you were with the uh, Paul W. Anderson yeah. Resident Evil. And this one, it's it's not that. It's still a bad film. Yeah. It, <laughs> and it's not fun in a certain uh, points. The Neil McDonough, very prolific character actor, he plays William Birkin in it. Oh. He's clearly chewing scenery. He's having a great time. Good. But the Good. actual G variant of him just is literally a CG head that they slowly protrude out mm. until they get rid of him and say, okay, can you just, you know, ADR a couple grrrs? Um <laughs> It's a shame that the Resident Evil 2 movie didn't get made in like 1986. You know what I'm talking about? You, you ever like go back and watch like, um, what was the movie that the reanimator guys did? That was based off of like an old from beyond from beyond. Yeah. Yes. Like that type of movie, that budget of movie would be a great like lateral move for the Resident Evil games to be adapted. Like that would be a long time ago. We were we did a video game movie discussion and uh, Neil, you specifically asked, hey, what films have you seen that would feel the most spiritually in line with Resident Evil? What's the closest you've seen to the Resident Evil movies? And I've thought about it a lot since then. Yeah. And I do feel like I haven't seen. Hollywood do it you know it's strange and it doesn't seem that complicated like abandoned setting with zombies and eventually like some sort of like apex monster you know what is the one you j I just saw for the first time ever uh about the abandoned ship with the apex monster at the end oh deep rising that's it oh my god yeah that's totally it yeah deep rising cult awesome uh oh my god uh who who directed uh the the uh, mummy movies 
Even uh, if we don't recall their name. Stephen Summers? Stephen Summers. Yes. yes. Uh, Stephen Summers made a movie in like 1997 that got released around the same time as Titanic about a luxury ocean liner that gets stuck in the middle of the ocean. And it's like it's like 20% Star Wars, 50% Resident Evil 1 and 2. Uh, it's great. It's like a sea serpent monster movie with um, Treat Williams, Famke Jansen, uh, the guy who played Kano in the 1995 Anderson Mortal Kombat movie. Kano. Yeah. Studied all your moves. Yeah, we got guys. We got Kano. <laughs> but no, that, that movie comes pretty close to it. That movie, yeah, that movie comes pretty close to it. But no, but anyways, not to railroad you. So you, you, what would you give it letter grade wise? I'd probably give it like a C. Like if you're a big like, Don, uh, what's I can't ever pronounce his name properly because I want to say Donald. Donald Logue fan. Mm-hmm. He plays uh, Chief Irons in the film. Okay. If, if you're a big fan of him from like Blade and other things that Donald Logue has been in. The Max Payne movie. He was in the Max Payne movie. He's in a lot of bad video game movies, isn't that, he? The Max Payne movie's really bad. <laughs> they're going to probably make another one someday because they just announced they're remaking the first two games with like big budgets. Remedy's doing it too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say a C. If you like the Resident Evil games, like give it a watch. Like be, Just go in with very low expectations, but be impressed that there's a lot of actual game lore. Like Going mm. back to what I said about respecting the source material again there are stuff that make it way more in line with the games and you're like hey that is what i remember playing as a kid or as an adult at 33 last summer and that, that seems to really tickle people's fancy i mean we're gonna get into the second sonic feature film later on and that seems to be the reason fans are really happy with it yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's a that's a good assessment right yeah moving on from here from media current thank you thank you dan hamilton Neil, I'm curious. Let's go clockwise. Neil, okay. what is your media current? Uh, I just watched all of uh, American Crime Story Impeachment, the third season of that show, and it deals with the uh, the, the Clinton Monica Lewinsky scandal. What was that? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, how old were we? Like when that all ten broke down? Yeah, we were like ten. Yep. yep. Uh, just old enough to like snicker, but not really comprehend any of it. Um, were, so- you, were you still in grade school? by that point i i don't remember i i think i might have been out i remember in current events we used to do current events once a week where we'd watch yep. a film strip they would send a new film strip every week for slide projectors do you remember this ryan yeah. oh yeah and did you have this dan yeah yeah and can you how crazy is that like your school would get a, a world war ii style yeah yeah you'd get a film strip in the mid 90s sent to your school and you'd go through and it'd be like 20 slides and be like here's what's happening in the world today yeah, so how do they deal with that and like it would get to like a slide of like bill clinton like talking to like the press and who is it mrs hybridson uh miss delaney maybe spalding we should be great (laughs) (laughs) a teacher uh professional educator would look down at their notes and then look at like a classroom of nine and ten year olds and go you all know what's going on right and we'd all nod they go okay next slide that's exactly what happened i distinctly remember that happening um well it was uh it was good i i I immediately uh, restarted watching the O.J. Simpson uh, season, which is uh, pretty fantastic. The first season of that show. I really like the O.J. story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, That's great. But uh, no, the uh, the Monica Linsky one was really good. The cast was great. Um, Jonah Hill's sister plays Monica. Uh, Clive Owen plays Bill Clinton. That's a good choice. Yeah, he, that's crazy. He does a really good voice, and I kind of I forgot I was... It didn't feel like I'm watching like a bad Bill Clinton impression. It wasn't Daryl Hammond doing the SNL yeah, stuff. But yeah, but I, I did think I they kept showing him from behind. They'd keep showing like tracking shots following him. You see the back of his ears and his hair. And I just kept thinking of the end of uh, the New Kids on the Rock money tree where we have my dad <laughs> in a wig playing what is supposed to be Bill Clinton from behind. Like you'd see him 
Boom shakalaka. <laughs> like in a like in a bad nineties kids show where they right. meet the president, but you never see his face. Um, like, like a Keaton and Cal bit, yeah. Yeah, and and just something about his uh, Clive Owen's like complexion really did remind me of my dad a lot. <laughs> just disturbing because he's playing a mega creep as Bill Clinton is in real life. Um because also this franchise has some bizarre makeup choices, and I'm going to Robert Shapiro, John Travolta in what is going on with yeah with the OJ season. Really good. Um, it was it, captivating as all hell. There's a yeah. lot. Well, because there's two different main characters in this who end up getting plastic surgery because the public is so horrible to them about their looks. Um, the entire yeah the theme of the show I think is public humiliation. Pretty much every character is yeah. just thrust into the the limelight and just comes out of it a worse person. Mm. And uh Sarah Paulson plays Linda Tripp, who's a fantastic villain, and um she is really good. And she's in the the first I think she's in is she in all of them? I didn't see the the second season of Was it the, Versace the second Gucci, one? Gucci, I don't Gucci, know. Yeah. Some, right, the fact that we don't know. Did, did Ryan Murphy produce? Yes. Uh, the, then she oh, probably that, is. Then she that probably one. is. Yeah. The, the <laughs> other <laughs> Ryan Murphy, not our Ryan Keep Murphy. Keep my eyes on that Sarah, boy. Sarah Paulson like 4 or 5 years ago was starting to get some backlash about being overcast. Like she was in like five big things in one year. Whatever. So I'm glad to hear that I'm glad yeah. to hear that she's still around because I was worried I wouldn't see her again because I really liked her in the OJ season. Oh, me too. So is this, an, Marcia, Marcia, is this an Marcia. anthology show? It is. Yep. Every okay. season. And it's like not a season per year. I think the- uh, Whenever they want to. I think the first season was like six years ago at this point. Yeah, OJ was a while ago. Um, yeah. Uh, who? Sorry. Oh, um, Ann Coulter and- uh, Matt Drudge are kind of the C three PO and R two D two of the of the, the big show. the bigs and wedge. They're, well, they're, yeah, they're, <laughs> oh my god, they're kind of the the, the comedic relief, I guess. Um, it's it's fun. It's upsetting. It, it gets more upsetting as the longer it goes on, and it kind of like sure. pe- peels back the layers. It starts off like more on the oh, it's harmless. It they're you know they're it's consensual. It's all good, and then like you just it the more it sits with you, the more upsetting the entire ordeal is sure. um and uh it's a good watch it's a it's like it's like 30 percent trash 60 percent prestige part is that does that add up i forget what the sure, last 10 sure. percent is that's yeah. kind of how the first season felt too totally yeah right. yep. um and the first season i just watched i just rewatched the first two episodes which are the, the most explosive they they you know they have the, the murder being discovered and then they have the uh the the white bronco car chase and uh, really puts you in the sense of just like how absurd and shocking and unexpected the whole thing was. It, I haven't watched it. Has anyone here watched that uh, Tommy and Pam Anderson show that's on right now? I did. No, no it, it's on my queue though. It feels like it's cut from the same cloth. Exactly. Right? Yeah. When you, Neil, you just described the amount of like prestige versus trash. And we can't talk about the Tommy Lee, Pamela Anderson story without discussing trash. Yeah. But absolutely, I mean, Obviously, in the year 2022, when you finish this story, you feel really bad for her. They humanize her in a way that the world really didn't. I so, I had heard she didn't approve of the uh, the show. The, yeah. I can see her not absolutely. For yeah. what it's worth, Monica Lewinsky is a producer on uh, the right, American which is what I was getting to. Yeah, because yeah, I heard about the Pamela Anderson thing. Oh, who knows? It might be a money thing. Yeah. A lot of people like getting money for their likeness. And uh, is it? Lily James and Sebastian Stan Stan for Pam and Tommy, which is an interesting casting decision because they're kind of like the forward thrust of that show. They're the face of that show. 
But like Seth Rogen's like kind of the main character of that one, I think. Yeah, he's the one who got the tape and leaked it from what I know of the show. I still haven't watched it though. Yeah, right. Um, Seth Rogen's performance is fantastic. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to do Pam and Tommy as my media current, <laughs> although I did consume the program. I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd give it a B minus. But what I do want to talk about is a book. A book. What's that? I, re- I am yes. It's important to read things that don't come from a screen. It's good for your brain. And I recently read, uh, and it's just trashy, <laughs> mystery stuff. But no, I read Alice Feeney's Rock Paper Scissors. It just came out this year. It's a new release in uh, fiction. And they're still I, making books. I know, right? <laughs> Are they still flammable? Very. Okay. <laughs> I read a book about that. More than ever. <laughs> it says that on the book jacket. I would definitely recommend Rock, Paper, Scissors. I look forward to it never being made into a film or a miniseries. It is about a couple going to the Highlands in Scotland and uh, mystery. And so they're both keeping secrets from each other. She works at a dog rescue place, but that doesn't make you a good person or justify all your bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And he has facial blindness. Like a lot of people do, that he ha- has a legitimate difficulty distinguishing faces from each other. Right. And his job is adapting novels into screenplays to be made into film and television. <laughs> and the book is unapologetic about, I hate doing this and I hate <laughs> how these come out. And please, for the love of God, do not. Do you remember how at the beginning of the Twin Peaks movie, Fire Walk With Me, David Lynch blows up a television? Yeah. It's it's that subtle hmm. of please do not adapt this to anything. Uh and I would totally recommend this book. What what possessed you to read it? Uh a friend at work gave it to me. They'd finished it and like, here, you take this. Sorry to come off so concerned about no. why did you read a book? Why like, did you read a book? <laughs> but honestly, like just like the point of discovery for books I, I find fascinating because I, I about once a year I'll pick something up and usually it's Oh, here's a Stephen King novella I never read. I can read this on a flight, you know, something I could read in six hours. It right? was literally sitting at the desk and I said, was that good? I'm like, yeah, I've got like 30 pages left. Oh my God, I'll give it to you tomorrow. Cool. And I, yeah, I finished it in three, four days. It is better for you to read from a book than a screen. Not just for Absolutely. optical sensitivity, but just like the cadence of the information, the lack of advertising, the lack of like buzzing noises. And, and- if, <laughs> if you find yourself having a hard time focusing on reading like you could when you were in like a six-year-old, you yeah. should probably try to rewire some neuropathways in your brain and read a fucking book. So yeah. <laughs> I, I actually did that recently. Right. I, yeah, I it was on a Kindle, so I don't know if that counts as it a counts. screen. It counts. It's closer. It's excessive yeah. approximation, baby steps. It was a little bit backlit. <laughs> Maybe that doesn't count. But yeah. um, of all books, I picked up the first... The Cat Who book? I don't even remember the rest of the title, but there's like a million of them. They're just like the mystery novels that involved a, a Siamese cat. Uh, they were just lying around my house for my entire childhood. My mom read them, and I was like, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, this this uh, that rings a bell in my brain now. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, what I they were like big in the 80s, and I didn't realize the first ones published back in the 60s. The Cat Who Could Read Backwards? That must have been it, yeah. The first one is about... Um, it's about a like a, a cat. Sorry, that was just too easy. It was too easy. It's barely about the cat. It's I was surprised Damn actually because because I, I I thought they were like cozy mystery novels and they are cozy. But it, this one takes place in the city. It's not out in the country, and it's way more Mad Men than I was expecting. It's, it's not, in the 60s. nothing like Blues Clues. <laughs> no, which it really sounds like based well, on the. <laughs> I, I found a short list of the Cat Who series. Uh, Nineteen sixty six. Yeah, the I first have like one. the Cat Who Turned On and Off. Yeah, the Cat Who Saw Red. <laughs> The cat who sniffed glue. 
The cat who played post office does not sound like a book for adults. It sounds like a book for children. The cat who knew Shakespeare. The weird thing about that series is I think four of them were published in the 60s, then nothing for 20 years, and then they started up again in, in the, the 80s. 80s. They dusted yeah. that off when kids are clamoring for the cat who. <laughs> the cat who lived high. The cat who wasn't there. The cat who moved a mountain. The cat who said cheese. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go through the entire series, but I found it uh, interesting to read that kind of book from the 60s. And cool. as someone who likes a, a Murder, She Wrote episode now and then, <laughs> it scratched the same itch. Right, right. Cool. Thank you. Th- Kevin, Books. what is your media current? I guess I'll I'll go with Jackass. I don't think I've talked about Jackass that much on this show. We, no. We is talk- that a book? <laughs> you know, it was an adaptation. Uh, you told me, Neil, many years ago in this show, I believe it was your brother got in trouble in school. Not in school. The, oh, sorry. They were trying to not say jackass in front of your parents, your brother. Well, my brother doesn't like to swear at all. Yeah. And we he he still maintains like this squeaky clean record of never swearing. He's an adult now. Yeah. But it, it's mostly because his older siblings, me and my sister, would kind of like egg him on, trying to get him to swear when he was a little kid. He's like, no, I won't do it. And uh, to the point where I remember once he was trying to refer to uh, the show Jackass, but he didn't want to say it, so he he called it Jack Jack Butt. Butt. (laughs) Jack Butt. Jack Butt. That's kind of great. I love that. I always think of that. Ryan and I went uh, with a few of our friends, uh, Corey and Craig, to see Jackass Forever uh, opening weekend at the Randolph Movie Theater. Theater was laughing, howling the whole way through. I was excited for that movie months in advance because I just knew I was in for a good time. The Jackass stuff never fails to make me belly laugh. It has for over 20 years, which is crazy to think. I'm, I don't know. Should I get into the show or the movie? What do you think? Uh, the movie. Because, yeah, the, we knew that this production was compromised by COVID. Yeah. And, like, is that going to be a bummer? Like, absolutely not. No, the movie they, was still wicked funny. Yeah. Yeah. They, so the, the funny thing about Jackass is... You know, the TV show itself from 2000, the year 2000, uh, ran four seasons, something like that. Um, That show quickly begat the movies. And the movies are what are at the front of my mind when I think of Jackass, particularly the second movie. Um, They recently put the show up on uh, Paramount Plus. And I went back. um, You know, I've collected the DVDs of Jackass. I used to have a Johnny Knoxville poster in my bedroom when I was in high school. And uh, I went back and watched those original skits on DVD because the DVD set they put out wasn't actually episodic. It would be you'd put it in, you'd see the opening title of Jackass, they'd show 90 minutes of skits, then a credit like sequence, that's the end of the DVD. That's all they put out for a long time when it came to the show. Paramount Plus put out the actual 22-minute, this is what was aired on MTV episodes of the show. So I went back and I watched the first season, and I didn't realize how much of that first season was recycled. Like if you watch the first three episodes of Jackass, you're seeing a lot of the same footage reconstituted, recycled, re-edited. Bam Margera going, hey, I'm going to beat up Phil, my dad. You know, it'd be the exact same footage over and over again. So it's kind of like Sesame Street. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Taking pages out of that playbook. Um, But watching those episodes juxtaposed against the new movie, it, it is heartwarming to see the betterment those guys went through, they are better people. You know, I I was watching an episode of the first season of Jackass last night where it must have been the Christmas episode. They had a Christmas episode of Jackass. And in it, Johnny Knoxville dresses up like Santa Claus and they go to some local fried chicken restaurant 
and he buys a hundred chicken wings and a hundred Cokes. And they put Johnny Knoxville on a sled and they drag him down a street dressed as Santa Claus. And he's like handing out chicken and soda to people. And the skit was called Santa goes to Skid Row. Mm -hmm. I had never seen this. I didn't remember it. And I'm watching it and it's really uncomfortable because it's Johnny Knoxville hanging out with poor people who are coincidentally almost none of them are white. And he's handing them fried chicken and soda and okay, stuff. Yeah. And everyone's excited mm. to see. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's laughing. It's as jackass as it's always been. It's 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 at its best when everyone's laughing along with those guys, not when they're beating up their parents like Bam Margera would do, you know. Uh but to go from that to the new movie, um, you know, we were sitting in a movie theater with a bunch of other adults losing their minds laughing. Um, they have a few new cast members in the new movie that are much younger. Because, you know, Johnny Knoxville, I think, is 50 now. He's, like, an even 50. Yeah, I think he just turned 50 this year. Yeah. And the stunts the older guys are doing, like Steve-O and Chris Pontius, most of it... What kind of stunts are they, Kevin? They're all male full frontal nudity. That's the joke. Like, hey, we got them naked for this. And it is clever. Honestly, like, for what it is, they are thinking, (laughs) hey, you got to see it. Like, I'm telling you. Like, they do think of, like, like they have a bit where Steve-O... They get a... uh, The bees. uh, They get a swarm of bees, and they take the queen bee... And they take the queen bee and they attach it to Steve-O's penis, right? They're not like torturing the bee, but it's like using some <laughs> adhesive or something. And Are you sure? They, they, it's they, not Steve-O's penis. So, yeah, that's a good point. They take Then they take a swarm of bees, like a bunch of drones, a bunch of male bees, and they open up a container and they all just fly over like an old, like, goofy cartoon. <laughs> the whole, like, silent film humor aspect of Jackass that's kind of always been there. Like, there is kind of like a white trash Buster Keaton vibe to Jackass, even from the earliest episodes yeah. of the show. It's closer it, to the Three Stooges than the Marx Brothers. It's, it's yeah. it, They've gotten yes. better. The, the movie, once that first movie hit, they really got their act together. It is crazy to go back to that the show, right? Because the show still has its moments, but I think it's purely nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Purely nostalgia. But the movies, I do think, have um, the right kind of like belly laugh, white trash Americana stuff that I, I'm okay still going back to the, all the movies. And the newest movie... Um, yeah, I guess all odds There's it worked. There's a woman on the Jackass crew now. That's crazy. God forbid. Like, right? <laughs> they do some. We've they, come so far. <laughs> they they have one. They they um they have a younger guy named Poopy in the movie. That's really funny. <laughs> Tell us about Poopy. Yeah. Poopy's hook is that he's he's played up as the dumb one. <laughs> he's <laughs> by the, by the he's end you like Poopy. Poopy. I mean, you don't dislike him when you start, but like, oh, Poopy. Like, yeah, he's endearing. There, there's a rule in quality. There's a rule in comedy that if you really want to make like intelligence work in a comedy troupe, you always have to have like the brains of the operation, like a Beavis and Butthead thing, where like there's the one that's like perceived as the smarter one. Or like Mo, for, yeah, it's a good, yeah. Or Mo, or like in Tommy Boy with uh, Chris Farley and David Spade, like that was the dynamic in that movie. Yeah. Poopy is like there to make Steve-O look like the Mo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, and it works. It does work. It is very funny. The opening of the movie is absolutely incredible. I found out today, Ryan, the opening set piece of Jackass Forever. And if you've seen the movie, you know what, what the hell I'm talking about. That scene alone cost three million dollars to what? make. They went over budget. They went over schedule. They were there till midnight, three nights in a row, or something. I, there was an interview with Chris Pontius put out this morning about it, and he, he was going into like how hard it was for them to film it. Like his wife had to like come up with like new ways to puppeteer what they were doing. If you've seen the movie, you know what the hell I'm talking. I don't want to ruin it. It's really funny. I it, you got to see it for yourself. I don't. Spike Jones, I believe, was directing this segment. He's on uh, set. You can see him in the back. Yeah. Well, he's, he he's, he was always a. Oh yeah, affiliated with Jack. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, they they Eric sh- Andre's there. He's great. 
Derek Andre's yeah. Um, oh, that's a match made in heaven. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a fun movie. It's I I recommend it. Um, the show I they it's interesting. I'll say this one last thing about the show. The you know the Jackass show always had the opening warning like don't don't imitate this, don't send us tapes, etc. On Paramount Plus before that, there's another warning that says this show was made before modern social norms. That's like the warning. <laughs> Because they, they they get asked for it all the time. I, I've seen it on like Reddit and YouTube and Twitter. So I'm like, come on, put out the old show. I just want to watch it the way it was broadcast way back when. There's skits that just were never released on DVD. And Paramount, I guess they just said, all right, just, just put them out there. But just, you're gonna be embarrassed. You're gonna you're gonna be like, oh, good God. Because yeah, there's there's a lot of like, oh no, like like you know, like um, them wearing sombreros and like jumping on boogie boards and like you know going surfing like on sand dunes and stuff you know like sure yeah which is like eh, eh, don't do you know but again we're old enough now we're all in our mid-30s that was 21 years ago 22 years ago you know that mm-hmm. is a that is a that is a huge beat culturally far back you know what i'm saying like we were absolutely all, I, mean, I was born in 87 22 years prior to my existence was 1965 Think about how different the world was in 1965 to 1987, right? Mm-hmm. And things have only sped up, you know. So, yeah. like, it, Jackass, it's it's weird that Jackass can be seen as a uh, uh, a different pulse. <laughs> well, as we've talked about, it was the the low point of culture, uh, circa 2000. Um, the nadir. The nadir, yeah. Love that word. Yeah, and for Jackass to survive from that is pretty commendable, I'd say. They had to they had to be somewhat upstanding people, I think, for it to. For that, for that of all things, to have some humility and grow, right? Yeah, yeah. The second movie even ends on very questionable skit, where it seems like they're leaning into knowing it's questionable. One of the guys uh, wants to look like a terrorist, and he oh, like no. you, you remember this? You've explained this to me, and they they do, they don't want to do it. Like, the the they, other cast members don't really want to do it, so they decide to do a prank on him. But even that's kind of. It's kind of in the eye of the beholder when you're watching yeah. it. You have to kind of tell yourself this if you want to like get through. It is funny. It's a fu- it's a, it's an amazing finale. Uh, um, it's amazing that a hidden camera comedy sketch troupe could make four movies that all opened at number one and were, I think, pretty damn funny. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm not going to die in a hill for Jackass, but the new movie's great. So, well, that's all of us. Correctamundo, do we? Want to wait for that train to go away? <laughs> I was gonna say, is there a secret fifth person here that we're waiting for media current from? If we if we had a very if we had a well produced show, we'd have like a train whistle sound effect whenever like a guest comes in. Oh look, it's conductor Dave. Woo woo! Media current. Well, we all know why we're here. We're gonna talk about something for the third time. Who could it be? It's Sonic the Hedgehog. It'll be real great. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That's the name of the movie. Or was it? Right? Is there a subtitle or anything? The Secret of the Ooze. No. (laughs) Electric Boogaloo. No, there's not. Curly's Gold. (laughs) The Legend of Curly's Gold. Lost in New York. Back in the Habit. We could do this all (laughs) night. I like Back in the Habit. (laughs) Prince Caspian. Judgment Day. (laughs) Judgment Day. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> Judgment yeah. Day. That's good, yeah. <laughs> for the audience at home, we've modified the soundboard a bit for our <laughs> Sonic content, but let's just jump right in. Uh, 
raise your hand. This plays well on a podcast. <laughs> if you've seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2. But make a sound effect. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm just going to raise my hand here. <laughs> so, or everyone at home, Neil Cesariga has not yet seen the film, which yeah. I'll take positive takeaway. He has a fresh perspective on the discussion. This so, movie is 20 minutes longer than the previous movie. Okay. The, yeah. pre- the previous movie felt like a solid length movie. <laughs> I want to have like a State yeah. of the Union discussion about the current state of Sonic the Hedgehog. Sure. Beyond the movie. Because Sonic's kind of on the upswing right now. He has two big, two high profile video game releases incoming. Just like the last time we brought up like, hey, there's two new Sonic games coming out. Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces. Those were already out, I think, by the time we did By that. the time we were talking about it. This yeah. one, uh, right about this year, the plan is still, uh, according to Sega's publishing schedule, there's the Sonic Origins Collection. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Yep. Which is the first five Sonic games? Uh, first four, yeah. Well, there's Sonic, Sonic 2, 3. Uh, Knuckles? And CD. And CD. But and 3 CD. and Knuckles are acting as if it's the lock-on technology, yeah, so it's good. the one game. Do you know the story about why Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was released divorced from Sonic and Knuckles, right? I do not. Do you know this, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, so, Neil, you'll love this story. So oh, Sega's making Sonic 3, and they make a deal with McDonald's. They say, okay, well, the game's going to come out, I don't know, April, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we're going to have a bunch of Happy Meal toys ready for it. So Sega starts, Sega bit off way more than they could chew. They were very ambitious with what Sonic 3 was going to be. And at one point, mid-production, they were like, we just cannot finish this game in time. But the agreement they had with McDonald's, like the contract they had, was they they couldn't miss it. They had to make that street date. So they just broke Sonic 3 up into two games, into 3 and the lock-on game. I, I hope I got that right. Yeah, no, that's that's about right. Getting trivia about Sonic wrong is just begging for people to correct <laughs> you on the internet. I've noticed. But so, uh, so the Happy Meals changed the course of production on that game. People had to do more work because of a Happy Meal deal. This was after Batman Returns. You know, this is like uh, Happy Meals mattered, man. Like if you don't look up Batman Returns, Batman Forever Happy Meal. You'll, the, well, the Batman Returns Happy Meals was a huge problem because that movie is not child appropriate right, correct right, right i actually just got a, a happy meal not for myself for my daughter but um it came with a knuckles toy yeah a little skateboard thing i actually saw some ads for the sonic toys the, the sonic happy meal toys on uh youtube and they put a smile on my face but th- there's I, another yeah. there's another sonic game sonic frontiers yes sonic frontiers looks like the hypothetical this is what a 3d sonic game should be change of pace that they, they they've kind of been making the same game with the 3d sonic stuff that sounds very like a pejorative, but more or less the same base game idea. Yeah, they've they've had it be like it's a linear level like you would in the two D games. I mean, there might be a few branching paths, but it's really down to like how the gameplay actually works. Where the adventure series games, which are the Dreamcast ones from the late nineties, they all are like momentum based, like the two D games, and then they moved away from that more so for the latest games since Sonic Colors in two thousand nine, where it's all like boost mechanics it's like it's really more like a track mania if you're familiar with that like memorize this and you'll do better at it they still have some momentum because they can't get rid of that yeah um this new game looks more like an open 3d yeah it's like it's like a breath of the wild but you throw sonic into to hyrule yeah and you you just go just go and and run around be fast and beat up robots it seems like like the biggest the 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 biggest swing towards a paradigm shift 3D Sonic's had since like the adventure games, so it makes me excited because mm-hmm. I want to like Sonic, you know. I I I want I we got into this earlier about knowing Sonic and liking him as a kid. I feel like that has built up some resentment towards the character that I feel I feel some other people feel too, 
you know, when you were a kid, you know, unless you were rich, you only had one video game console, right? Or a good gaming PC. Yeah. Neil. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Sonic, you know, I was stuck with Sonic more or less. I didn't have a Super Nintendo. I had a Genesis. And I loved my Genesis at the time. But um, that was kind of the, the, the you kind of had to plant your flag with Sonic if you had a Genesis. You kind of had to like Sonic. And Sonic didn't really, you know, as we brought up in other episodes, he didn't really uh, graduate well beyond the Genesis. And uh, so it, 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 there's kind of a defense mechanism, I think, at play when you make fun of Sonic and you ridicule that character these days. Because you are trying to distance yourself from... Um, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not just home team advantage. It's not just these are your local Boston sports team. Right. Or any city. Yeah. L.A., San Francisco, the Florida ones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the fact that you've got Sonic is your guy. He is your guy from your video game console. And if you are the age playing these games, you didn't buy the console yourself. You have no agency in this decision making. You are just lucky to get it. You're indoctrinated, right? And, yeah. And Sonic, this so this new movie came out, and uh, it did very well, uh, considering you know it's not like a Disney release. It's like a it's like a uh, people used to. I feel up until the last year, Sony and Paramount releases always were kind of considered lesser than Disney and Warner Brothers in terms of marketing and success. And I, I saw an article about this earlier, pointing out like, no, this new Sonic movie was like the biggest opening ever for a Jim Carrey film. You know. And it is strange to consider it a Jim Carrey film, but I guess it is. He is, to me, the main draw for anyone over a certain age, right? Yeah, but that's also crazy to me because it's Jim Carrey and he's one of the biggest stars I can think of. 15 years ago. 15 years ago. He was yeah. in Kick-Ass 2. Did you see Kick-Ass 2? No. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> he's He's been in movies we just don't show up for. But Sonic was like a match made in heaven. That's right? true, yeah. No, but, joke, yeah. no joke, when we did our first Sonic episode like years ago, we were trying to figure out who would be a funny actor to play Sonic the Hedgehog, and Ryan said they should get Jim Carrey because he'd go for it, and you were close. <laughs> I would have never cast him as Robotnik, but man, would I clearly miss that opportunity. Yes, he's a fantastic Robotnik. Were oh, yeah. you expecting him to be like dressed up like Grinch style as Sonic, or... I imagine... Fully CG. I and... imagine mocap mo CG. Okay. Ryan, were you thinking costume? I hope not, but now I'm thinking <laughs> about, now I'm thinking about it. So no, let's go. I would I would presume for the sake of the look of Sonic, which is another discussion in and of itself, let's just say completely CGI. No, that's fair. So three of the four of us have seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which made like 70 something million domestic opening weekend. Again, the biggest opening ever for a Jim Carrey vehicle. Not adjusted for inflation. I Not adjusted for inflation. Throwing. Yeah, for real. I, I, we looked into the numbers earlier. Bruce Almighty adjusted for inflation would ap would have done laps around this, right? Yeah, yeah. It's also the biggest opener for Sonic the Hedgehog. True. It did better than the first movie. Um, I guess the, the story I'm hearing people say about this, the, the first movie that came out in 2020, which is crazy to think it came out it, during the pandemic, right? February 2020. No, right before the yeah. pandemic. So I, I saw it with you, right? With Kevin I, and Ryan? No, I think I just saw it with Ryan, just me and Ryan. Oh, maybe I saw we it did. with someone else, but I think it was the last movie I saw before the pandemic. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, before that, we watched <laughs> Ernest Goes to Jail for my birthday like three weeks earlier. Yeah. Getting away. In a movie theater. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the story I've been hearing people say is, well, that first movie did well, the word of mouth was spreading, and then the pandemic hit and cut its legs out and- the, 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 but on streaming, it became like a big hit with families. Like a lot of families, you know, were su pleasantly surprised by it uh, for what it is. I, I don't know. It's fine. It's it's a it's a it's it's a harmless movie, I guess. It's got fart jokes. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> spring of twenty twenty. 
people's sleep-wake cycles are all messed up because of the uncertainty, the anxiety. They don't know what the hell's going to happen a week or two from now, let alone like maybe I already have it and I don't know. If you've got kids at home in this very uncertain time, you're not watching Elizabeth Moss in The Invisible Man. You're watching Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> that's how that's how I watched it. I think it was like April 2020. I just sat down one Sunday, put it up on Amazon Prime and went, oh, yeah, I'll watch this for like five bucks. Right. And it was fine. It was like it was a decent like children's road trip movie. Right. Totally. And the stakes were incredibly low. Like there wasn't like, oh, world domination or anything like that. The world's going to die. It was Sonic saves Main Street. Montana. Right, right. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what happens here. If Sonic lost, nothing really changes. That, that, that movie, we were getting, I, I mentioned the runtime of this new one earlier, how it's 20 minutes longer. It's over two hours for a Sonic movie, live action Sonic movie. And I wonder if the first movie, you know, infamously had the character redesign, re-editing, reanimating that set the movie back a couple of months. I do wonder if when the folks at Paramount sat down and said, okay, uh, pull out the tackle box. We got to fix this Sonic movie. If they just looked at the runtime and said, just cut 15 minutes out now because we just can't spend another $50 million. It's got to be less is more here. I think the animation in the movie looks a little bit better. Uh, I still don't think it looks all that great, like the CG in it. I, I, I That's the thing, though. Is this a kid's movie? Is it? Is, is it... Because that's become a big defense of these movies. I, I, know, I know Sonic's not a mature... It's not a mature topic. It's not a, an adult story. But it feels like it's marketed towards everybody because that's how all movies are now, right? Yeah, it's a family yeah. movie. A family movie. Yeah, that's like, a good way of putting it. It's got a, it's got a little bit of that Shrek, or, or, or even the genie from Aladdin vibe because there's so many pop culture references, particularly in this second one. The Rock gets brought up again. They refer- Dan and I had a had a funny back and forth the other day where I said, "Oh yeah, they make." two Ghostbusters references in this movie and you pointed out no it was, it was one Ghostbusters reference within like a five minute time frame they just did it twice they made the same <laughs> yeah. reference twice mm-hmm. Batman gets talked about like uh, 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 Vin Diesel etc uh, and I don't, I don't know I feel like it's almost a weird defense shield <laughs> this movie gets like well it's for kids don't 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 you know criticize it but uh, I don't know I, I, which, which is me trying to psych myself up to not be too harsh on it because I do think this movie's a little worse as a movie than the first one, but it seems like most people who love Sonic think it's like the cat's ass. They love it, you know. <laughs> like, well, is, is that a is phrase? There more fan service in it. Oh, well, oh god, yeah. But they they definitely go for broke a bit more. You get more of what you remember. Like you get to see Tails and yeah, Tails flies an airplane. It's a red biplane, just like you want. Knuckles is a bit adversarial, and then it becomes our friend, just right. like we want. There's a big. Okay. Dr. Robotnik-looking robot that looks, looks like, like Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, I'm Kevin, sorry. Was this Kevin, the spoiler part? I remember for the first movie, you like took me aside before I saw it, and you said, like, hey, Neil, get ready. There's like a big uh, wink to the fans at the, towards the end of the movie. And I, I remember like tr- like watching it and trying to figure out like what, what what were you talking about like what's the big reference Oh it was and wh- it was just the fact that like the lights on his ship blink red when he's about to be defeated what Robotnik yeah that was my favorite experience in the theater watching that first movie was I remember being in the th- Ryan and I went opening weekend to see the first Sonic movie and the theater was packed with families of course we were the mm-hmm. two weirdo grown men and. The ki- you could feel the kids in the room get super excited during the finale when Sonic jumps on Robotnik a handful of times and Robotnik ships flashing red and Jim mm-hmm. Carrey's mugging 
and to see like a room full of like kids get like like jumping in their seats and shit to watch Jim Carrey like you know do Pratt falls and mugs and stuff yeah that was fun to me but no it was the blinking red thing I, it just seems so obvious to do that in a video game movie and I've never seen it right? yeah yeah you know what I'm saying like oh yeah make them blink red do it right and there's stuff like that in this movie um there's uh I feel like I'm losing the plot here but th- th- this new movie goes more for broke with like to hell with it just do the bigger stuff you know the big robot fight the but i feel like they've run out of stuff people actually care about already because the next movie spoilers can we spoil what the next movie is going to be because it's not a story to me it's the death egg it's got to be you need to raise the stakes no it's not going to be that so i mean if we are doing spoilers it's going to be the 3d games next so like they've they've exhausted them they haven't really exhausted material from the 2d games but they've exhausted like what Joe Schmo on the street knows about Sonic. Yeah. Knuckles, Tails, Sonic, Emeralds, Emeralds Emerald Rings. Rotnik, done. So yeah. I'll be even more lost. You'll be even more lost because the next is going to be Shadow the Hedgehog. They <laughs> Chicago the <Thank> Hedgehog. <laughs> People are going to like, that's a jump scare you just did. <laughs> they, they're going with Shadow the Hedgehog, who is, that? that's when I checked out. That that's that. I mean, like I, I remember waiting for the Sega Saturn as a kid and there never being a real 3D Sonic game other than that menu from Sonic Jam. Yep. And um, yeah, it's so weird to me. It's not that weird. It's just by the end of this movie, they're just like, that's it. We've exhausted the the Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles stuff. We're moving on. Like They're not going to do uh, Metal Sonic. That's the character's name. Or yep. Mecha Sonic. Two mutually exclusive robot Sonics. Yeah, well, there's like three, this- but yeah, Metal Sonic. <laughs> that's correct. Yep. Metal Sonic's the big one. Well, there's Silver Sonic from Sonic 2. Like, but in Japan, he's Mechasonic, but then there, I'm not going to get into it. It's like it's like if there was like three different Bizarro Supermen that were all completely different characters. <laughs> like, well, this is like, it's kind of the same. Um, so the third Sonic film needs to be 3D. It's just Sonic 3D, right? Right? No, it's no, going to be it, Shadow. It's, it's going to be... be Sonic Adventure 2 oh. because they set up in this movie. And this is like, I had like my come to God moment with this movie yeah, in the yeah. theater <laughs> where I'm like, oh, they set up Gun, which is the like the, the paramilitary right, organization right. from Sonic Adventure 2. And then they were talking like right before the credits or right at the end credits. They're like, oh, we've uncovered this project from 50 years ago. And I'm sitting there silent to myself because I know you two don't care. I'm like, oh, it's Shadow. Because Shadow is like a project from 50 years ago. He's an artificial life form. And I'm like, I know where this is going. And then they go like two lines down. We're like, oh, yeah. And he's he's made by this person. And they show like this back to tank that Shadow's in. And this kid, Bingo. maybe like 14 next to me, just goes, oh, shit, it's Shadow. And I'm sitting that. there. I heard And that. I just die inside because I go, I knew that before you. I knew that before you, and I wish I didn't. Yeah. And I know because it's only because I know this stuff so well from my years of experience because I'm double your age, more so. And I was like, oh, I should stop caring. I should really stop caring about this. There, there were a few moments in the movie theater where- You can't. I, I can't. I, I, there were a few moments in the I'll theater try. for this new one where kids were like losing their minds and stuff. And there, there's some stuff in this movie that's very um, Muppet movie, Neil. Uh, yeah. Namely the stuff- uh, Scandinavia? Uh, just Siberia. Siberia, sorry. They go to Siberia at one point, and like mm-hmm. every Tails' dialogue in this movie is dog shit. It's like every, okay, n- almost every line in this movie, regardless of character, is exposition or reference. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, like, that's kind of it. Tails is like, he has like no humor, really. He has like, well, he has like one cute joke uh, later where he's rescuing Sonic on the, ta- on the, uh, the plane. Yeah. But like, for the most part, everything Tails says is like, I'm paraphrasing, but at one point, Sonic's like, so hey, how'd you get here? And 
Tails goes, well, I was on my home planet watching you through my space telescope play baseball, and you inspired me to come to Earth. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, like, like scratching my head going, like, okay, there's, like, inoffensive, not bad for kids, and then there's so stupid it's bad for kids. And this movie dips its toe in that water a few too many times for me not to comment on it. Tails, Tails reeks of that to me. He's real, like... I'm not saying the character is written to be stupid. I'm saying this character is, it's a little too toy commercial. It's, it, yeah. it's getting into that like chin Pokemon joke, you know? And it's specifically Tails that I got that vibe from. Well, they, they, they try to make Tails like Sonic's emotional core in this movie. Like yeah. they try to treat him like a younger brother where Sonic's like, oh no, I need to mature up. I'm not mature enough to be yeah. a hero. Like they're trying to make some sort of statement. Yeah, which but, doesn't exist. But Sonic is so well intended; it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Sonic doesn't have like hu- like like a like a fall from grace or like his hubris doesn't. Well, his fall from grace is, is tails by pure happenstance. By tails' actually own making, gets punched and knocked out by Knuckles, and then he's incapacitated for like a third of the movie. Yeah, and Sonic's like, "This is my fault." Well, it's like, "No, it's not." Yeah. Tails walked up behind Knuckles, and Knuckles was like, "Oh shit!" and punched him in the face. It was like, <laughs> "Not your problem at all." <laughs> so I remember in the first movie, I I, I want to say there's a scene where where Sonic's unconscious or something, and someone's carrying him, and for that moment, it's just a puppet. Yeah. Uh, does that ever happen in this movie? Do you ever no no puppets? Damn. No. We should take a step back, and this is my fault. We should take a step back, and you know the cardinal ingredients of this movie are Sonic is still on Earth, hanging out with James Marsden, uh, and Sonic wants to be a superhero he considers himself a hero based on the events of the first movie he refers do they refer to the acts his actions in the first movie as sonic saved the world or is it just he stopped robotnik i think they referred to it as he he saved the day and stopped robotnik and that was it i mean i already said it, earlier, it was main town some town it, the scale main street some town montana there's a yeah. misalignment of scale there and i know i'm being way too particular about this movie that i guess it, it's a fart joke movie right it, it, it there are there are fart jokes in this movie like so you kind of just the movie's telling you out of the gate like just lower the bar you know um but you know i do think movies for children can be smarter i truly do think they can be um but sonic the first act of the movie tells james marsden hey you know i really i, I want to be a hero it's you know i, I want to be out and about doing you know da, da, da. and then james marsden says it's like the most tapioca like Uncle Ben, Jonathan Kent, like, oh, one day you will help people. Not yet. <laughs> <Dang it! laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's that's kind of the movie. Like writing the check, it cashes later when Sonic beats Robotnik again. Uh, and I, I don't know. Like, I, I get. Um, it, it feels a little extra commercial than it needs to be. I think you could be a little more emotionally complex once you know this movie is going to make money because the first one did so well. And like Sonic, yeah, Sonic never really makes a mistake. Robonic and Knuckles just go after Tails at one point, and it's not really Sonic's. I mean, I don't know. I guess that Sonic, wasn't even the point of that. It, exactly. It was literally, Sonic and Knuckles were having like this this come to moment where we're like, oh, we're not too different, and they were about to actually reconcile. Yeah. And then Tails goes, because they wrote look Tails out, down. Sonic. Uh, yeah, look out, Sonic! I got you. And Knuckles is like, well, boom, just hits him in the face. Yeah. So Knuckles That's no is, one's fault except Tails. So Knuckles is in the movie. Yeah. He just elbow plays Knuckles. He was having a blast. Yeah, he was good in it. Right. Yeah. This is the craziest thing, Ryan. What You noticed something about Idris Elba's performance that no one else has pointed out. He sounds like he's talking out of the side of his mouth, which 
Knuckles the Echidna is often drawn that way, yeah. animated in a way that like he's kind of like a Sylvester Stallone snarl. Your ears are crazy good because when you said that in the theater to me, I, re- I remembered seeing behind the scenes footage of Elba doing the VO and that's how he did it. He did it to imitate uh, like the, the Felix the Cat like mouth on the side thing. Yeah. And he could just... You don't need to go that deep in here. Honestly, it just makes it sound like your audio is not clean enough. That's it. Didn't sound like it sounded like you're talking out of the side of your mouth. Yeah, uh, which is uh, fine. yeah. They're not paying me enough to use both sides <laughs> of my mouth. All right, I'm only using the left side of my mouth. You he want was, full Elba? You pay, you pay. No, he. he yeah. I think kids are going to remember the, him fondly from the movie. Totally. And yeah. Knuckle, I do think Knuckles is kind of a hard character to make memorable, and they they, they found an angle. They do the whole like he's too literal. Like, you know, he thinks everything you say is, like, to be taken on face value. He's reading, like, a chat log between Sonic and James Marsden, and he's just like, oh, oh, it's, I'll be home soon. He's not there at home. Okay, this one says dot, 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 and he's seeing, like, the Facebook thing where someone's typing a message. The ellipses. And he thinks that's something that's supposed to be read, and he just keeps reading it because it keeps popping up over and over. Yeah. And Jim Carrey's waiting for him to stop doing it. Um, (laughs) That's a funny scene. Jim Jim Carrey, there's more Jim Carrey in this than the first movie. Definitely. He's great in it. I mean, he's. I, I actually think he. I think his performance is smarter in the first movie. In this movie, it's just more like just give them what they want. Yeah. Yeah. You. You were. You might be remembering the opening scene as Sonic being a hero, stopping a bank robbery as Blue Justice. The opening credits. The opening of this movie is Robotnik on the Mushroom Planet, just going with an elaborate. I hate this hedgehog. Rube Monologue. Goldberg machine made of like stones, and and he's talking to. A Wilson, a Tom Hanks castaway like rock yeah. of his, uh, of his Agent Stone, Agent Stone made out and, of a rock, and relaying how he's been trying to figure out the best ways to make mushrooms edible or drinkable. There's for, a montage for of like days. there's a montage of Jim Carrey like trying to like turn mushrooms into other type of food. There's a great payoff though. Later in the movie, he finally gets back to Earth and he meets up with Agent Stone, who's like his like Igor from the first movie, who runs a coffee shop. Right, mean I would say machine. more of mean bean machine. Ah, uh, the mean bean but, machine. But the payoff is he makes these amazing lattes, which is a carryover from the first movie. Yeah, and he's so excited to give Jim Carrey one. He like, ma- sorry, Doctor Robotnik one. He makes it. He hands it over to Robotnik. He takes a sip, and Agent Stone's waiting with bated breath to see what Robotnik says. And Robotnik goes, "Hmm, needs a little mushroom." It's <laughs> a good gag. Good gag. Agent Stone is a weird character here because he is, yes, he's a bit of Igor. He's I'm going Waylon Smithers. Yeah, Smithers. It's Smithers and Burns, like full through and through. Robotnik has always sort of had that kind of like scratch and grounder, where like the original versions of that in the, the first cartoon made by Deke Entertainment. And Deke. Si- yeah, Deke. <laughs> Deke. <laughs> it never stops. That joke lands every every time. It's true, and he's always had a sort of um... dick. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. No, it's fine. He's always had that kind of like sidekick character, like when they did the serious Saturday morning cartoon. He has that sniveling Snively. little. His name was literally Snively. His name was Snively. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Which was his nephew, Sn- Snively Robotnik. First idea, best idea. He needs a name like Poochie, only different. <laughs> <laughs> Poochie. All right. And that's carried over to the games. He has like uh, Orbot and Cubot now who play like that role of just someone for him to play off oh. of because he needs someone to play off if of. If this movie came out in like 1994 at the height of the classic Sonic games, it would be David Hyde Pierce. Mm. And he could be Kelsey Graham. <gasps> Kelsey Grammer is Robotnik. Now oh, I'm man. thinking of, now we're all thinking it now, right? Oh, yeah, I could easily yeah. see oh, it. Dude, sorry to, as you were, Dan. Thank you. No, that was it. It was just like he, Robotnik in a vacuum 
can work, but he needs someone to play off of. Oh, yeah. So they made I think that it's better to have character. a human being yeah. than a robot in the, for this particular performance. I actually think... I actually think the interplay between the two of them is well-informed acting. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, think it's just like... It, it is It is Mr. Burns Smith. Totally, yeah. yeah. Quick aside, Dan, because you could help me with this. In my minimal sonic research preparing for today, for our recording, I, rec- I, I have a lot of memories of Scratch and Grounder. Mm-hmm. They're clumsy. They never get sonic. They're sort of a team rocket. They're, just, they're not good at their job. But there's also the monkey. Coconuts. Now, it's implied, If help me, if my memory is serving me correctly... That he was built first, and then Robotnik picked Scratch and Grounder. He chose them over of Coconut. He said, "Yeah, his name's Coconuts." What's the deal with Coconuts the monkey? Oh, I, I don't know the lore of the Sonic <laughs> okay. cartoons that well. I mean, I know the games. I mean, they're all based off of enemies from Sonic Two. Coconuts is the first yep, enemy you see in... in Emerald Hill. Grounder is Grounder the from uh, Labyrinth Zone. No, it's from. Um, Oh, City that poisons. Sonic the Hedgehog. Aquatic, not aquatic. It's a level. And then... Uh, Steel Mill Nightclub Town. Yeah. yeah, you know, we're all on the same page. Aquatic Ruin, I got Vatican there. Vatican City, 1999. Oh, aquatic Ruin Zone. What he he pops so- out of the zone. Sonic and Garfield Activity Pack or something. Oh, yeah, that's real. MC Hammer's Haunted House Simulator. <laughs> no, uh, I, think, I think there was a real one that I found, like a, a really obscure Sonic. Oh, and- no, I was being serious. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> and then... Um, Scratch is a uh, a clucker from Wing Fortress Zone. That's the name of the blame yeah, 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 localization, yeah. but <laughs> I don't remember. I remember from the cartoon though that Coconut was the slightly more competent of that trio, but he didn't get a lot of screen time as much as Scratch and Grounder did because bumbling buffoon robots is funnier. So yeah. so we all paid fifteen bucks to see this movie. Neil didn't, so we're privileged. Neil, <laughs> ask away. What do you want to know about Sonic the Hedgehog two? Um, any uh po- post credit scenes? Nope. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Shadow. I thought Shadow was before the credits. No, it was like mid credits. Oh, mid credits. Yeah, mid credits. Yeah. Shadow. Um. Uh. Any uh. Any uh surprises in the cast or like cool cameos like Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. Anything like that. No, nope. Lance. Hen- no. Oh, I was gonna say. No. <laughs> Did this I forget? This movie Lance does. Hendrickson. This movie goes out of its way to never subvert your expectations, except for the Siberian scene. I that that's the scene that felt most like a Muppet movie. It there. Tails and Sonic are so adorable in that scene. They they're in the freezing tundra and they see this like bar, and they put on like ski gear and snow boots and stuff, so they look like humans. Mm-hmm. And they sneak in to sit down and get some soup or something. And Tails has a Tails is an inventor. That's his character. <laughs> that's like his one character trait. Uh, and he makes like a translator that doesn't work so hot. So he accidentally insults like the Siberian. the Russians. Well, well, yeah, they're right. Yeah, they're, yeah. Oh, they're, he started it. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some great, there's like probably two or three great jokes in that scene um, out of like maybe seven or eight in the whole movie. Like the, like the fish head bit, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. There's a, like, they go in and to make the Siberians look scary, a chef takes a meat cleaver and cuts the head off a fish and throws the fish head and it lands right in front of Sonic and Tails and the fish head just says, leave. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. That is like, good. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- there's a few bits like that in the movie where you feel like the director kind of like cutting through. Like, th- like that's a good kids movie joke for adults because it's not just like a double entendre. There is a double entendre about Robotnik's dick at one point. Uh, <laughs> dead serious. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, they're going through the labyrinth zone. Well, who's they? Knuckles. And- oh, sorry. Knuckles and, and Robotnik because they're teamed up and there's a trap and Robotnik's being like, oh, I, I've mastered it. I know it says every seven seconds and then a big axe 
like a comical axe comes right in front of him and goes, oh, that almost hit my whiskers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he says my mustache. Oh, yes, his mustache. <laughs> Carrie's good in it. Yeah. Um, by the end, uh, I feel like I he doesn't not he doesn't know how to not commit. And I, I did feel by the end he just didn't have any gas in the engine in terms of writing because the finale is Sonic gets the win button. Um, Robotnik's in his big evil robot suit that he's used Magneto powers to build. Mm-hmm. He Rob- gets the Chaos Emeralds, then Sonic gets the Chaos Emeralds, and they're good except when they're not, and they're bad except but they're just, they're, yeah, they're the Chaos Emeralds. Robotnik gets the Chaos Emeralds and it gives him Magneto's superpowers. He can basically do anything but he basically it's manifested on screen as if he can control metal you know yep so he makes a big robot suit he loses the chaos emerald but he can still pilot it because it's a robot suit sonic gets the chaos emerald wins end of movie there is a cute side agent stone is has his own weird little compartment his own little control panel inside the machine robotnik yells at him of you need to read the instruction manual and then a scene or two later, we see that Stone is reading the manual, and it's just one of the manuals of a Genesis game. Yeah, that's the same oh, gra- a Sega Genesis game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same graphic design. It, oh, yeah. cool, yeah. So I, like, that, that's that's kind of like the blood sugar spikes of the movie. Yeah. It's like every couple of minutes, like, hey, here's like this song from Sonic. Here's like, Hey, you know There was none of that. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, the ringtone. Oh, yeah. They, they played Green Hill uh, like for the thousandth time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the first movie they play the song on the piano at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great yeah. song. I think when yeah. Robotnik though got the Magneto powers, he had I think what we thought was probably the funniest line in the movie, which was his his plans for for <laughs> what he's going to do with this power. Oh, yeah, yeah Sonic great. Sonic is trying to stall Robotnik, and Sonic like kind of like gets on top of a tree so he can be eye level with the robot, and he. What does he say? So what's your big plan, Robotnik? You're going to get a robot wife and a robot house and like settle down somewhere? And, and, and Jim Carrey's like, no, first I'm going to take over America and then the world, then the universe, then the multiverse. And that might be enough. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't be there. His, his hatred of Sonic is a little too kid's glove. I wish they, you said, Ryan, you used the phrase, I want what we were talking about, what we hoped the movie would be years ago before the first one came out. Ryan said, I just want Robotnik to have this adult preoccupation. <laughs> like, I just Sonic. want him, I want him in his <laughs> darkest hours to be like alone in a room somewhere at one point in the movie and just put down a wrench, rub his like forehead and go, I hate that hedgehog. <laughs> like, and there's there's not there's a little I want a little more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he only said hedgehog about four times. Yeah. He, he does he scream it at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh which which was pretty good. He sounded like the Grinch. He was like, Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. Those always land. Uh something we have not discussed yet, because it sucks, is the wedding scene that has no CGI, no beloved characters, no appeal to children. It's too long. No appeal to adults. Yeah. Who's getting, is it Marsden? James Marsden's sister-in-law is marrying a man that we have no in, no invested interest in, uh, who we later find out, spoiler alert, you're listening to a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog, like has been working for the government. Yeah. Uh, he has a plan to keep an eye on them because of aliens and Sonic and the Hedgehog. And there's a whole, they go to Hawaii, uh, which I'm sure was really fun to film in. Yeah. Really, I'm, they're actually in Hawaii. Oh yeah, no, James Marston on the poster for the movie is just in a Hawaiian shirt with a big smile. He's like, I got a paycheck for this. <laughs> yeah, somebody like swab my nose every day and make sure I don't have COVID. I'm living the dream. The, yeah. James Marston and Tika Sumter do a really good job knowing they're in a kid's movie. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I keep, the movie is at its best, that, that, 
portion of the formula is at its best when it is going Muppet movie. And she in particular, uh, Tika, gets that. Because, yeah, there's there's just, it, it, gets, it gets brought up in every review of the movie. There's this weird, fatty middle scene at this wedding that's just so boring compared to the rest. Like, there's some decent humor and interplay with some of the actors, but it's just, it's a complete subplot. There's like a stealth, mo- I almost called it a stealth sequence, where like a few of the human characters have to like free Sonic and Tails. And it's it's just that that old Simpsons joke, like everyone's wondering, where's Sonic? Like, why aren't I watching Sonic? And it's for, it's for like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. It's too much. Um, Again, it's a lot cheaper than animating characters. It's a lot cheaper than getting Jim Carrey on set. But it's also not funny or good or worth our time. It, I think, the, I yeah. think the only thing that was really funny from that entire sequence was we were trying to pretend that James Marston isn't a jacked dude. Yes, yeah. I was going to bring this up. There's a scene where it's like a Top Gun beach volleyball scene where the uh, James yeah. Marsden's playing volleyball against the the groom from the wedding. And the groom, they, they're really playing up. He's so much fitter than James Marsden. Oh, he's so buff. He's got like no body fat. And then when they cut to James Marsden, it's like they did nothing to make him not look they like They put James- a t-shirt over him. And then he like, he, he goes to shake hands. You see like the bulbous bicep <laughs> and veiny arm he they, has because he's been playing superhero roles since it's how movies are now yeah, like they, yeah, yeah they won't let him look like a normal man like if you're gonna do that joke put him in a baseball tee put him in a sweatshirt put him in a long sleeve shirt get a if, if the joke or just don't write the joke that he's not fit enough he's clearly cut like a diamond he's super fit looking like you can't that joke doesn't land like we were snickering at it because we we're all thinking the same thing like oh that james marsden what a dork like <laughs> well they teamed him up with three random dorks like three yeah. people from like revenge of the nerds like sorry yeah. guys guess we're not winning this vault i'm like who are you fucks oh, yeah. it's like it's that like in that booger. movie it, it, it's like <laughs> it, it's like in the princess diaries when they try to do the pretty woman thing with anne hathaway and it just doesn't work right. oh she's it, all that with rachel Lee yeah Cook. it's yeah. like come on <laughs> <laughs> she has glasses like yeah uh, she's uh, also Anne Hathaway <laughs> like famously pretty like they, they do that stuff they do that with James Marsden with his buffness in that volleyball scene it's like come on guys what a shame yeah, <laughs> yeah. what other questions you got yeah uh, can we do the quiz now I guess we don't want to talk about Sonic anymore. <laughs> I feel like we're just explaining the entire movie at this point. Well, you didn't see it. I didn't. I guess now I don't need to. <laughs> I, I'd say I, I'd say I if mean, you, I, I needed rec- to before. I would I recommend don't. it, but yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from. I would recommend seeing Sonic again. You know that part or the of, first time. You Kevin, know, you texted me earlier. You said, like, hey, it's playing all day at the mall today. And I, you also <laughs> have a four-year-old daughter. Who, yeah. <laughs> you know, she might like it. Well, I, I, I opted instead to just spend time with her. That, that's the better that's the better thing i think i made a post we played recently. outside yeah <laughs> there's no sonic outside I, 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 honestly like this movie it, it's not like criminally worse than the first one but you know it, it it's like going back to mcdonald's you kind of know it's not a good move against your better judgment but sometimes you just want you know chicken nuggets right my main takeaway from the first one was wow i'm surprised but i liked this more than uh uh detective pikachu which i didn't even finish yeah yeah your takeaway wasn't I want to go to Olive Garden. No, well, no, that's I mean that's always there. There's nothing to take away. <laughs> that feeling never leaves. Yep. So, Kevin, you have a quiz a quiz for us. Coming up on the other side of this break, we have the Sonic the Hedgehog quiz on a curve. It'll be real great. All right, so we do quizzes on this show sometimes when we remember yeah, to yeah. do it, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to ask each of you a question. There's three rounds. You're each going to get one question, right? right. And I'm going to try and keep a tabulature of the points. 
That's why I brought this pen and paper here, not to intimidate you. Who fancy? Yeah, pen and Ooh. paper. Yeah, we're really uh, raising the stakes here. We're starting with Neil. Okay. Neil. How many rings does Sonic need to gain an extra life? Ooh, is it 100? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Just went with my gut on that one. Neil has one point. Ryan. Yes. How many rings does Sonic need to access a special stage? 15. Mm, close. Homonym. It was 50. 50. <laughs> That's a homonym, right? So when he gets to a save point, if he doesn't have at least 50, st- 50 rings, 50 rings, he can't get the stars above it and jump in. Is that correct? Traditionally. And in Sonic Mania, they dropped it to 30, right? No, 30s to jump into. So... God, I'm going to go for oh, a thing. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> All right, sure. Dan, <laughs> Dan, name 10 different zones from any Sonic game. Okay. Emerald Hill, Chemical Plant, Aquatic Ruin, Casino Night, Hilltop, Mystic Cave, Oil Ocean, Metropolis, Sky Chase, Wing Fortress, and I'll add one more, Death Egg. That's the entirety of Sonic 2. All right. Wow. Jesus. So Dan got one point for that. <laughs> I can see where this curve's wow, coming we're, into we're play. Tied. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, right now it's Neil with one, Dan with one, Ryan with zero. Zero. Okay. Ryan. Yes. Wait. Hang on. You skipped me. You have one. What? Well, Ryan just went and then Dan. I know what I'm doing. All right. You're going backwards. Back <laughs> up! All right. I'm really Go, tired. Right. I'm sorry. Okay. Round two. Ryan. All right. In Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Sonic's family receives a gift card to a restaurant. What restaurant was it? Olive Garden. Correct. <laughs> Ryan gets three points. What? Damn. In the 2020 film Sonic the Hedgehog, Tom and Maddie, Sonic's mom and dad, have a phone call where Maddie jokes about Tom having dating apps on his phone. Tom says he only has apps that came stock on his phone, along with one promotional app. What is that app for? Oh, is it for Zillow? No. It was for the Olive Garden. Oh. <laughs> they made a Zillow reference in that movie because they were looking at houses. They do. I'm sorry. Neil, in the 2022 film Sonic the Hedgehog 2, yeah. Commander Walters has reservations. There's too many twos in that sentence. Yeah. In the 2022 film Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Commander Walters has reservations at a special restaurant for 5 p.m. What restaurant was it? The Olive Garden. Correct. <laughs> All right, at the end of round two, Neil has four points. Dan, Dan has Dan, one point. Dan shot Ryan. me a little nod. He's like, you got to say I see where question. this is going after the first Olive Garden question. Okay, Ryan. Yes. This is third round. Ryan, you have 15 seconds. Can one of us do a timer? Sure. Hold on. This is not a trick question. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Here timers. we How go. I got a timer running. I can count. Okay, go. Ryan, you have 15 seconds. I need you to name five Jim Carrey movies. Go. Uh, the Grinch, Liar Liar, The Truman Show, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber. Great job. Two points each. So you got 10 points for that. You're up to 13. Uh, okay. Dan, another 15 second timer, Neil. Okay. Dan, you also have 15 seconds. I need you to name five James Marsden movies. Go. X-Men, Superman Returns, X-Men 2, X-Men 3, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, <laughs> he did it, guys. I was really hoping you weren't going to mention the Sonic the <laughs> All right, Dan gets 10 points. Neil, mm-hmm. you have 15 seconds. All right. Dan, let me, uh, do you want to run the timer, Dan? I'll, I'll look at it. 
Okay. Neil, you have 15 seconds. Name five Sonic games. Sonic the Hedgehog. That's one. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Keep going. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. <laughs> uh, Sonic 3D. Another word. Uh, so <laughs> the Sonic 3D time. The game. The Blast. What? Okay. Time. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> so that you got three. All right. right. Yes. He <laughs> I wasn't aware. I'll give him four. He got Sonic 3D right. Blast at the timer, I think. I wasn't aware there were that many games. It's like 30. <laughs> yeah, but like real games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Dr. Mario tie and shit. Like, come I'll on. I'll give him four. He got 3D Blast. All right. At the end of the game, <laughs> Dan had 11 points. Ryan had 13. Neil had... 12. So Ryan wins. I win? That doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a poorly constructed Woo! quiz. If I got well, that Olive Garden question. Olive. I was really trying to tee up, like, let's just talk about the Olive Garden crap in these movies. It's in the second movie. Yeah. I'm just, I should have said Sonic and Garfield. <laughs> That's the one I knew for sure. I know. Earlier when we were talking about Sonic games, like, we're mentioning a lot of games. Um, okay. Coming up next are questions from patrons, and then we can stop podcasting. It'll be real great. Every episode of this podcast, we ask people to give us questions, queries, things they want to know about, and they can exclusively give them to us over at guaranteedvideo.com. I'm going to read the questions from my phone. It's not on this piece of paper that I just looked at. First question is from Brygog, B-R-I-G-O-G. Brygog asks, Guaranteed Audio, what is the best shark? We're all thinking about it. You're in quiz mode, so you think there's an objectively correct <laughs> answer. <laughs> <laughs> Can I phone a friend? <laughs> I'm I'll trying to think that. of other sharks other than Jaws. The uh, best sharks are the street sharks. Hammerhead Answer. sharks. Final. I like nurse sharks. Nurse sharks are cool. They're great. Oh, I'm think I'm still thinking just pop pop culture. Yeah, I was sharks. also thinking pop culture. Well, sharks. I got to go with hammerhead sharks. Obviously. What about pool sharks? Like Paul Newman in a few movies, at least two. <laughs> Paul Newman's cooler than the street sharks. I can say that with confidence. I think, I think oh, whale Mick, sharks. Mick shark. Mick whale shark. shark. Ooh, Mick whale. shark. Yeah, male sharks. Male sharks. Male sharks are the best sharks. <laughs> Stupid It's a male sharks. whale shark. A male whale shark. It's a bad B-52 song. It's <laughs> uh, big as a male. <laughs> uh, little Onion Sprout writes in to ask, Little Onion Sprout. What movie or story do you want to see a Muppet adaptation of? Ooh. Mm, we're thinking. Little onion spread. That's a good one. That you know, uh, when Team America: World Police was first pitched to Paramount, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were trying to convince Paramount to let them just make a puppet adaptation of Armageddon, word for word. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was, which, and ever since I heard that little bit of trivia, I've always thought it'd be really funny because that that movie, all the dialogue from Armageddon is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I would love to see a Muppet version of Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Condensed down about it. Condensed yeah. down to like 82 minutes. Kermit as Paul Atreides. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, the Muppet Bible would be great. <laughs> the Bible? 1,200 Old pages. and New Testaments. Old and New Testaments. Yeah, just do it. New is and New Is Kermit Testament. Jesus? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, who else could it be? Fozzie? It's got to be Fozzie. Oh, Rizzo. Abraham. Rizzo? <laughs> Kermit's Joseph. Piggy's Mary. And Rizzo is. <laughs> is Sam Judas? Yes. Yes. Yes, he would be. Uh, 
they're gonna have to recycle characters between as we get like all right. No, I'm no, hoping... they gotta like go with like the really obscure Muppets that have been Pontius like... Pilot played by <laughs> Scooter. Scooter <laughs> say Sam the Eagle. <laughs> Sam the Eagle with like a wig. <laughs> Should Mo is it wait, is Moses go- no. Uh Gonzo's Noah. Moses? Gonzo has to build up. Gonzo getting lost in being Moses. <laughs> this is actually a pretty funny thing. To getting lost <laughs> in the Moses, desert. Moses, I figure, could be like the one who has like TNT all the time. Like the <laughs> oh, like that the, the guy, weird, the mad uh, bomber guy. Yeah. Right. Who's animal play? Is he Jesus? Ooh. No, animal is Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't all mean to kill your son. <laughs> Hey, get Burton Ernie as Cain and Abel, I guess. Oh, yes. oh, that, that, that oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. a freebie. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Quest asks, what is your favorite memory from the early days of YouTube? It's hard to say. What's well, like? I, I don't know if I have like a, I fell in love with YouTube video. Uh, yeah. It's fun to think back to like the 2005, 2006 era because a lot of it was, I mean, you got to think what was under 10 minutes. I guess a lot of it was discovering um, Waverly Films. Yeah, like early on, Waverly Films. I do love Waverly Films. Still do. Still yeah, do. all of that stuff holds up great. And now, <laughs> one of them is making the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> yeah, there's a Waverly uh, Marvel movie or two now. Like technically four now, right? Three, three, yeah, three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now he's going to be making Fantastic Four. John Watt, right? John Watts. Yeah. Watts. Sorry, he's doing uh, Fantastic Four next, I believe. Probably. What about Another you? Another Fantastic Four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Another Fantastic Four. The fourth time they've tried. Uh, you know, I'm. <laughs> one of these I days, remember, it's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be fantastic. They already made it. It's called The Incredibles. Just, yes. just, yeah, just, You don't have to do it anymore. Right. Already, they did it, and it's not gonna be as good as The Incredibles. Um, I remember the first time I saw Bo Burnham's words, 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 mm. and went, "Oh, you put real, you put a lot of time and work into this." That I've never seen somebody outside like, oh, people rip official music videos. People take things that are on the television. But it was the first time I'd seen a, a, an artist known exclusively through this medium making a music video and going, okay, good. You just set the bar. The bar's th- there now. It's got to be that good or better. Like, and like, oh, well, what if OK Go like waste your money and time? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that OK Go will keep doing that. <laughs> but like for real, like no, Bo Burnham like put a lot of thought into this. This works as a music video, and music videos still work very well on YouTube, which is great. It's one of the positive takeaway. They still work. One of the first things I had recommended to me on YouTube was, Ryan, you tell me about the old uh, shoes, whoever did shoes. Oh, uh, my God, shoes, that Kelly. one. Yeah. Kelly. Kelly. Yep, yep. Kelly. She did, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I saw one of her, like, uh, she did, like, a pandemic video about masks or something, and, uh, yeah, that was cute. I'm trying to think of anything that's not just like major cultural touch, uh, touchstones, like Chocolate Rain. Like Waverly Films is probably the the. I mean, at Channel 101 wasn't really on YouTube. It was kind of YouTube adjacent. A lot of their stuff got put over to YouTube, and that's where I predominantly watch their stuff. But uh, if you haven't seen Channel 101, um, uh, just go to the website, go through channel101.com. There's a lot of. I mean, it's still going on, I believe. But there's a. If you go back to like 2005, 2006, you'll see a lot of uh, kind of like the comedy stalwarts that. I don't know. I, we tried to walk in their shoes, I think, a little bit. McShark yeah. was supposed to be for Channel 101, and then it was too long. I uh, I, I feel like 
I appreciated YouTube most when I was finding like obscure old music videos and stuff that you never would have seen on. It, it was like the second memory benefit of YouTube. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. exactly like made for YouTube modern short films, but oh, cool. Here's this old Super Soaker commercial. I yeah, pre- yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's a good one. Uh, Ryan, you were a big Marble Hornets guy. Oh, yeah. But is that that's like 2008? That was like 2010. Yeah. That okay. was a little bit late. I think yeah, so. 2005, those guys would have been like babies. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like, Big Bill's Hell. I don't know if people are familiar with Big Bill's Hell. It was like an advertisement for like a Baltimore car sale. It was faked. Yes. But it was like, oh, what if they swore at night? It'd be funny. Right. It's like, oh, right. welcome to Big Bill's Hell. Fuck you. We don't want you to buy our cars. <laughs> uh, which I thought was like, was cute. As Hastily made Cleveland advertising. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Tourism video. video. Fun times in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, that and like Captain Disillusion. Um, right. It was 2007. I remember seeing like his first video, not his first one, but like the uh, Man on Mars one, mm-hmm. which was probably like mid 2008. And I subscribed to that channel and haven't stopped that one since. So God. me too. Uh, you know, you just made me think, uh, think about long form, you know, horror like Marble Hornets and Tribe 12 and the other Slenderman ones because they're, they're just all Slenderman. Flash animation and salad fingers. Yeah. Ah. I you know be haven't looked back on salad fingers in a long time. And uh when I think about how strange the Sonic the Hedgehog fandom has become online and the really weird way that it's morphed as strange as the Sonic hole is to go down that rabbit hole of Sonic the Hedgehog, it's not Garfield. And we can all be happy knowing I can sleep well at night knowing it's just not as weird and bad as Garfield. Garfield, well, Garfield became like it, it became like um, I'm trying to think of a term other than hipster joke, but it became almost like an ironic appreciation of Garfield. What became the joke? Like, yeah, like people like getting Garfield plushies and putting them in the background of videos or like playing bad Garfield games on streams and stuff. Whereas like Sonic, it's like. Th- this. Uh, it's going to sound like I'm really throwing Sonic fans down a hole here, but hear me out. The biggest problem with the internet is that you can always find corroborating support for anything you believe, right? Yeah, like unfortunately. There's, there's always the echo chamber. And if you can find like 500 people, that means you're going to find a million people because that that support will fester in that echo chamber. And Sonic fandom is kind of going through that like in the last few years. Obviously, it's not like... Being liking Sonic isn't this awful thing, but you're finding people who are really like, no, 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 Sonic's like a big deal. It made money. It's like, yeah, it made like seventy million opening weekend. That's good, but like, you know, Sonic's still kind of like devoid of vegetables. You know, like it's not. There are people who like truly, truly feel vindicated by yes. that success. Yeah, yeah, like Sonic might have been dog shit for twenty years, but <laughs> now the movies are making yeah. money and therefore they're good. Like, Who's laughing now? Yeah, I've yeah. paid my dues. Yeah. I'm going back through every YouTube video I've ever liked, and it's 5,000 videos, and it takes wow. a very long time to scroll through them, Yeah, and I'm trying to find the first YouTube video I ever liked, and I'm still only like a year and a half in. And I'm Mine like, is only 75, because I totally stopped liking videos at some point. I used it as like a watch later mechanism. My first one is a video by our friend Max Pacheco called I'm Max. <laughs> and the, the, I don't remember what this video is, but it's just him staring at the camera, and it says, I'm Max. And How then, long uh, is it? It's a minute long. Oh, and okay. then there's uh, Lego Man takes a picture of himself every day for a Ooh, year. Who made that? By you, Ryan. That's correct. You made Lego Tetris was you, right, Ryan? Yes, I had my wisdom teeth out. I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> this is taking way too long for me oh, to scroll aren't through. not that old. Dan, do you have any early memories? I can ed- I can edit this part down if we need to. But... Oh, I, th- I thought I already gave mine. <laughs> oh, you did? Sorry. Yeah. I'm just... I think it's time for the next question. <laughs> 
Or we can scroll. I mean, I want to scroll, but I'm also trying to be cognizant of time. I know. I can, I'll edit it down. I, <clears throat> I actually... It's a shame. YouTube's really bad about this. It's like looking at all comments and stuff. You just they don't yeah. want you to do it. Like they just don't want they 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 put in a hurdle. But like I'm at right now. You can sort videos on a channel by oldest to newest. Why can't you do that for your your likes? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe there's a way to do it. I'm just not. I, I just got to uh, John Batiste Green Hill Zone as a liked video. So that's two years ago. Mm -hmm. Neil, do not put likes because people might follow your channel and see your like liked playlists. I guess so. I don't. I don't know. It's it's like all old shit. Mm -hmm. right, I guess I'll just not bother. Like it's gonna take too long. Okay. Next question. Alex Johnson asks: Now that the Riddler has updated his look in the new Batman movie, <laughs> do you think Matthew Lesko should follow suit and start wearing a gimp mask? Yes. Next question. <laughs> Apollo asks, do you think that soup Apollo. is a <laughs> do you think that soup is a food or a drink? Is it acceptable to eat soup with a spork? I need to know. Yes, I've had soup with a spork. Yes, that's a tongue twister three times fast. Yes, I've had soup with a spork. That seems like a, a good compromise if you're eating like ramen noodles. Yeah. Because yeah. I never I never know. Like, do I just want to eat the noodles? Because the fork would be much more helpful. Yeah. But Spoon for, for the soup. This makes you think of a meme of, you know, is soup a food or a drink? But we should really be asking, is cereal a kind of soup? No. no. I, yeah, I don't think so either. Is no. gazpacho a soup? Because it is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah gazpacho is oh, I count gazpacho as a soup. It's just a soup, yeah. Uh, I mean, cereal is kind of its own category because like oatmeal is a cereal. Yes. Yeah. With gazpacho, I was going for like, it's cold. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, it's a cold soup. Yeah. Which I guess happened. Whereas an oatmeal has more in common with a, a traditional soup than, wow, Apollo, not a bad question. Yeah. Good, good work here. I'd say soup is, to go back to his question, I think it's a food and not yes. a drink. Yeah. Because, yes. because of the delivery method. If I was right. like putting it in a glass but, and I did that. Well, soup in a thermos is a thing, though. Ah, oh, that's right. I've it's done great. it. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're drinking it, then it's a drink. How about that? Depends on how you consume it. With a straw? Ladle. Not enough ladle work of these days. <laughs> Ladle's a great word. It's up there it with, is. It's, it's up great. There, it's up there with barbiturates. Ah, barbiturates. So you use the ladle if you're making the soup and you're testing it. Yes. And you say, mm, that's a good soup. <laughs> <laughs> that's what cartoons taught us. Yeah. Here's <laughs> Thank our, you, Apollo. Mm, need salt. <laughs> here's our final question. Faye Bennett asks, if you had all the time and resources available, what skills would you want to learn and why? Uh, I saw the question earlier. So I was thinking about it when I went out earlier to get a coffee, and I would love to learn every language on Earth. That's Ooh. amazing. That's a great one. I think. Yeah. I think languages are hard to appreciate until you're older in life, because it's not just the ability to communicate with everybody, which is, which would be incredible. Just to any human being on Earth, I can have like a, a completely earnest, deep conversation with you, but also just the appreciation of how languages are made. Like they, they're. There's different math and culture behind how things are spoken, and uh, the science of languages is fascinating to me. And I wish I was younger, because the older you get, the harder it is to the harder truly learn a new language, you know? You know, it's interesting when you say, that's awesome, because I think about the types of characters in fiction who know every language or many languages, and they're either a robot, yeah. because it's perceived as like uh, C-3PO or Data on Star Trek. Uh, that dork. <laughs> fucking love date yes but he's a dork we have to it's if you can't say you love him and also have like the blinders on like data didn't go to prom or they're <laughs> judge holden 
in um, Blood Meridian or the Merovingian in The Matrix Reloaded. Or they're, Hannibal they're, Lecter. Yeah, or they're Batman. the fucking devil. Or, 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 they're either inhumanly like, oh, no human could reasonably do this, or they're just absolutely the fucking devil. Yeah. I th- That Superman and Lois show had a scene where uh, Clark tells Lois that he like decided in college he wanted to learn every language and uh it, it hit me real hard like it was kind of just a beautiful sentiment like you because you understand why that character would want to do that because he like grew up in the south and he's like discovering the world at that age and like you know he knows he's an other he sees the world as an outsider so it makes sense for a guy like clark kent to want to learn it but with batman you hear like oh, i learned every language like yeah because you like want to be better at like hurting people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's- laughs> I want to say fuck you to the next guy I beat up, but I want to know and do it in his language. The next time a karate guy gets thrown at me, I want to know exactly how to tell him fuck off. <laughs> I beat up a French thug today. He's <laughs> just like nodding approvingly like at Alfred. Sock les bleus. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a much better answer than the first thought that came to my mind, which is sleight of hand. <laughs> That's a fun one, though. That would be fun. That's right. A, yeah. Like Magician Thief? Like, what do you mean? No, just it would be fun to learn. Close-up ma- magic? Close-up magic, yeah. yeah. Or like, stage magic, too. Like, I, if I have unlimited time, hmm. learn how to do all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I have enough time to get my mouth away from a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem isn't even time. I just don't have the like patience with myself. Yeah. You made me think of Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day. When yeah. He, they're throwing the playing cards in the hat of like... How do you get good at this? Like just an absurd amount of time. And uh, that's as and far as ungodly. I'd get. It's not, even, it's not really a magic trick. You're just throwing cards a lot until you get better. Mur- at it. Murray did practice at that for a spell to make it so he could get yeah. the shot done. I'd want to do the uh, what's the name of the- Ricky J had that talent where he uh, could throw uh, playing cards hard enough to like penetrate a watermelon mm. and like really hurt you if you wanted to. He should have played Gambit in the movies. Yeah, yeah. Now he's dead and he can't. Wow. <laughs> Or is he? That's the sleight of hand. You should get really good at yo-yos like K-Strauss. I love those videos. <laughs> those are, so those are those are good early YouTube memory. And I love that he has uh, kind of uh, gotten his foot in the door in Hollywood now, uh, that actor, Mark Proksh. Yeah. He was on uh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. He's on um, What We Do in the Shadows. The show, which is great. W- really great show. And uh, on cinema, at the cinema, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like this whole episode might be the lowest energy guaranteed audio we've ever done, and then maybe it's just me being self conscious because usually I'm no, more, no. Yeah. I say, like, Dan, do you have an relaxed. idea? Or do you want me to buy you some time? No, I I think I would probably want to learn carpentry. Mm. Okay, great. Yeah, you sp- <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Like, like <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, actually, <laughs> to go back to the Muppet question, the Muppet Bible adaptation, <laughs> Jesus is the only human in in the movie. Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis as as Jesus. No, no, it's got to be someone who's like was respectable, but clearly needs the paycheck. That's kind of how it always feels, right? When they do with it, like oh, like like Michael Caine in 1992. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Who 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 played uh, what's his name in Clockwork Orange? Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell is Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's clearly too old, like 35. Huh? Trying to 35. Got like he's got like a Beatles wig on to make, him look, <laughs> <laughs> to make him look more like his clockwork Try, orange hair. Trying like. to talk empathetically, like, no, I'm the son of God. Oh, Gonzo, <laughs> I mean Moses. They just <laughs> now I'm picturing like John C. Riley, someone who like just casting to the wrong type. <laughs> Will oh, I don't think it's gonna hurt, fellas. <laughs> trying to think. Okay, when's the movie made? Let's pin that down. 
the Muppets do the Bible. Yeah. That's that's their that's their Icarus moment where they get too close to the sun and everyone turns on the Muppets. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah. Also, like the low point of the Muppets too. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait, when was so pa- it? Should be like post passion or like really pre passion. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so they yeah. have to be in the same passion conversation. So exactly. like 2004, like a year after Passion. Oh, it's made on the Russell Crowe's too big a deal at that point. Yeah, he did Gladiator mm. four years prior. Yeah. Beautiful Mind. So yeah, yeah, they couldn't out. get him. They couldn't get Cinderella him. Cinderella Man. Like, yeah, Cinderella he's on. Man. He's on his A game. Jack yeah. Black. Uh, he's at his. Uh, I've his seen Jack Black play too. Jesus Christ. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, it's almost not. It need, it's funnier if someone who's right. Lance Hendrickson. What about, what about Christian scary. Slater? Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very difficult to watch. <laughs> and and we picked Kermit a man. It's the exact same point. We've picked a man who has some very Muppet-like features yeah. in his life. Who's That's... God in this? We didn't talk about that. Who's the big man? Um, Is it? Oh, it's Sweetums. <laughs> oh, I was thinking human being. Oh, I was also thinking the physically human. biggest Muppet, obviously. I was thinking they'd make that really hokey and have it like be someone affecting Jim Henson's voice. Uh, I, again, it's not a good. The idea. narrator would be Johnny Cash. You need a narrator because you're not going to tell the whole Bible in like 82 minutes. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Charlton Heston did it in uh, Hercules. My God, I'm just picturing how the Muppets are doing the crucifixion. Like, how can you muppetize that? <laughs> goopy cartoon sound effect. Oh, yeah, because it is always weird when you see their feet. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's switching Jesus back to being a Muppet and not oh, Malcolm yeah. McDowell. I'm just saying, like, still, like, how do you do putting Jesus on the cross with Kermit and, like, well, if we're, yeah. all right, They're not Muppets, but I'm imagining the doozers, like, helping out. They're, like, they're all going up on the cross and they got their little hammers and stuff statler and waldorf are the other two criminals oh. next to jesus <laughs> yes yes <laughs> he said we'd be hanged <laughs> hanging around <laughs> as they bleed out yes no, 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 the they, best they got tied. The house. i know i know t- well they're the most like anthropomorphic muppets yep. too, so it's we got the best view on the house, but there's nothing to see. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> and the, thing is, the, thing, the thing that the biggest cheat about this is that you could literally name any actor for Jesus Christ. And it's funny. Like literally any actor. <laughs> it, it, like, I, I, like, seriously, I thought like maybe Patrick Swayze. Like I started laughing about that or like Kevin Bacon or I don't know, Burt Ward. Like, Oh, Robin Williams for God. Oh, oh yeah, yes. I think that be- and he'd play it straight though. He like, played it straight, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is just weird. This is like a dream we'd have. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking about. By the way, my answer uh, hasn't changed an inch in years. Uh, fly, fly plane. Dream can- of man and flightless bird alike <laughs> to fly. <laughs> I mean, you could no, do that. Fly- over, you could do that over a summer, probably. I, mean, I know, right? Like Tom it- Cruise does it all the time. Yeah. He just tells people, "I'm going to do this for a movie," and they go, "Well, he's Tom Cruise, so." We guess we'll just let and him he has it. all the money in the world, which is what spurred the question. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Burr just to like, I should like have a real skill. He learned he, he took took a lot, a lot of time and a lot of money. He learned how to fly helicopters, which is definitely harder. Oh yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, I, I love his bit while discussing it of when you get your certification and to go your flight hours and you have to judge between air temperature and wind speed. And the curvature of the Earth, because the Earth's fucking spherical, you morons. <laughs> I don't have patience for your nonsense. Who's the most famous flat earther? Is it that rapper B.O.B.? 
No one even remembers him. I, don't I know who didn't that know is. there were famous flat earthers. There's like a few like athletes. Of oh, there's a couple in the NBA. Some old popes uh, from like thousands some years old ago. Popes. <laughs> That's how you know he's an old pope. Yeah, That's... Like, uh, early popes. Yeah, I would not learn to fly to pl- uh, fly a plane because they're just death traps. Those little tiny ones. I actually. My great grandfather died in a plane, a small uh, aircraft crash. I remember That's you right. telling me this. Yeah. 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 And then they, I found an old newspaper clipping where they, for some reason, were digging up his body. It's like in another. I'm gonna have to research it sometime. It was damn. a weird. Yeah. It's a weird family mystery. I'm gonna have to solve at some some point. Yeah. You'll have to. I'll have to. Or you'll be haunted <laughs> <laughs> by the plane. You wouldn't. I'm only haunted family. up in the air. Then don't. Then don't fly. Then. <laughs> Ooh, ghost plane. That's a movie. With Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. And Whoopi Goldberg as her. And Malcolm McDowell as the pilot. <laughs> as Jesus Christ. As Jesus. He's still Jesus. Yeah. I wish I could do a good Malcolm McDowell. I just love picturing him. I like picturing Malcolm McDowell trying to play nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even Jesus Christ. It's like him just being benevolent is humorous because he's so devious looking. He's so evil. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Jared Leto as Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, see, wow, we found someone that's not fun. We did it. Yeah. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. A man who could ruin any film. <laughs> Morbius was such a sure thing. They <laughs> <laughs> got Jared Leto. Fucking Morbius. All right, do we want to end on that note? Fucking Morbius? I feel good about that. Yeah. All right. Good. You know you saw- Let's uh, take every Jared Leto role and digitally replace it with Kermit the Frog so we can write the timeline. <laughs> fix the world yeah. <laughs> to fix all of this as we yeah all right that's enough ladies and gentlemen i hope you have a wonderful night it's nighttime where we're recording and that has been guaranteed audio still available at guaranteedaudio.com. episode 20 sega. episode 20 and wait you want to hear the sega button yeah, that, yeah we yeah. didn't hear it that much we didn't hear yeah. that or chicago, or chicago enough either. all right what's the what's the quote tea milk tea coffee 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 tea oh yeah coffee tea sega! No, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Shit. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Coffee? Tea? Sega! <laughs>